Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So we begin a new series today, um, and I've entitled it His Strength. Someone say, His Strength. Do you need God's strength? Here's what I've noticed about humans because I've noticed it about myself. All personality types have struggled with this, and that is doing it in your own strength. Have you ever done it in your own strength? Christians forget to pray sometimes. I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's bad, really. But we, I've been in a situation where I'm dealing with something, and I say, man, here I am, the pastor, and I sit, serve and seek God every day. I read the Word and pray, and I'll be in a situation where I forget to ask God to help me sometimes. You've heard me testify about that before. Don't do that. Right? Don't, what, if you're doing that, stop. Ask God to help you in every single area. Ask Him to help you. You need you need, you need his strength. You need God for everything. Heard a guy years ago, and it just ministered to me so much because it was such a non-religious statement from a man of God. And he said, you know what? There's sometimes I'm praying, and I'm seeking God. And he said, but my mind will wander, right? It's happened to you. That's why praying in a heavenly language is so great because you can really stay focused when you pray in tongues once you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But this guy said, sometimes my mind will wander, and I'll start thinking about golf. So he said, man, I just take that to God, too. I was like, Lord, sorry, but would you help me with my golf swing, too? Just go ahead and ask him for his help in that area, and you can return your focus to what you're praying about. He said, man, my mind wandered to some, someone else or something else while I'm praying. Pray for him and then move on. You need his help in every single area. Someone say every area. Oh, you do. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. My translation is, apart from Jesus, you do zero. You've seen people do all kinds of stuff, but how many of you know that 50 million times zero is still zero? One billion, one trillion, 80 quadrillion, 80 sextillion times zero is still zero. Say, man, but what about an A for effort? That's great, but ask God for help, because sometimes our efforts mean nothing apart from God. Look at all the great civilizations that they did this without God, right? And God allowed them to rise to power. The Babylonian Empire, the Grecian Empire, Rome, all these places. Where are they? They're ruins because it was done apart from God. They're ruins, and that's just mankind's efforts. That's man and women, men and women's wisdom apart from God. It comes to nothing. So today, I want to talk to you about his strength. Someone say his strength. I want to talk to you about his strength for mental and emotional well-being on a January 1st. Yeah, because a lot of folks have Christmas and they get a little depressed or reminds them of bad times or reminds them of rough family members or whatever. But I'm going to tell you right now, <clears throat> you need the Lord's help for mental and emotional well-being. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. I want to read you a text here. I love this. It says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years, and your life will be what? Satisfying. Don't you want your life to be satisfying? Some people's lives are dissatisfying because they never put God first. Have you ever noticed this? That most people that lay on their deathbed, 
Their regrets, their regrets go like this. They say, I should have spent more time with my family. I should have gone on more vacations. I should have been closer to God. I should have gone to church. I should have served. I should have given more money away. They have regrets like this. There's nobody who lays on their deathbed and goes, man, I should have worked more hours. I should have worked more. I should have done all these worldly things. No, because in that moment, nothing else matters but your relationship with God and your relationships with people. And you need the Lord's strength for that. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. I'm making sure you're awake this this morning. Somebody say satisfying. Satisfying. Thank you. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Is that good instruction? Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. I'm always fascinated when we have, you know, there's something now that you've heard of people doing this. It's called deconstructionism. You heard of that? It basically means that someone who was a believer is no longer a believer, but they put a real spiritual pseudo weird term on it. I'm deconstructing. What the devil does that mean? But it's funny when believers, ministers, I've seen it in recent years. They say, I'm deconstructing. I'm no longer a Christian. But they'll give advice like this. Do good to others. Forgive. Be kind. I'm like, it sounds like you're trying to take all the good from Christianity and by being a believer without having a relationship with God. You're mad, you're hurt, you were abused, whatever. We've all been hurt and abused in some way. Physically, emotionally, sexually, verbally. Somehow, everybody's been abused. At some point, we have to give that to God, and we have to put all our trust in Him. And we never let loyalty and kindness leave us, but you can only do that with God's help. That's why I brought up the deconstructionism. You can only be a better person through God's help, through His strength. See, people want to leave God and still be a self-help be in the self-help genre. Well, that's fine. You do whatever you want, but I'm going to tell you right now, apart from God, remember what Jesus said, apart from me, you can do what? Big zero. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around where? Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Hmm. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on your own understanding. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You can't figure it all out on your, on your own. You've been there, right? Situations were seemingly impossible for you, and you prayed about it, and God worked it out with some, something or someone you hadn't even thought of. It never crossed your brilliant mind. No matter how smart you are, you can't do it. God gave you intellect. He gave you ability, but it's all from Him. Even your looks are from Him. Your hair is from him. If you have hair, be grateful. You're tall. That's from him. You have brown eyes. That's from him. That's beautiful. You have that great smile. It's all from him. He's our all in all. Everything is from him. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Oh, that is such good advice. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. It's all through the Lord, isn't it? Do you see it? Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. This month we'll be giving first fruits at the end of this month. Verse 10, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. It's talking about you being blessed no matter what. Let me go back back to verse 1 real quick. I'm not going to read it all again. He says, my child never forget. What's another word for never forget? Remember. Point 1 this morning is remember him. God wants you to remember him. 
Throughout Scripture, and I love this. I don't know why this touches me so much. I guess because we're just made of dirt. God created us, but he made us out of the dirt, and that keeps me humble. But it's amazing to me that God would commission us and give us his promises and give us a covenant so he could deal with us through that covenant and that he would remember us. If you read the story of Noah and the ark, it says, and God remembered Noah. The end of the flood, God still knew he was there. Did you know God hasn't forgotten you? I love saying this, and I'm going to repeat it. If the IRS knows how to find you, they haven't forgot about you. God knows how to find you. Really? One guy years ago, he said, man, he said, let's cancel the FBI and the CIA, just close them out. He said, we should have the people who are giving school loans to do all the investigations. He says, man, I moved several times, never left an address. They always found me. Years ago, someone actually sent a letter to the IRS. They said, hi, please remove my name from your mailing list. It didn't work, I don't guess. So if the IRS can find you, we know that God has not forgotten you. So you need to remember him. Scripture says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. But I'm going to tell you right now, you say, man, I didn't remember the Lord when I was young. Well, now is the perfect time. You're a little older. You got some experience under your belt. You won't make the same mistakes. Hopefully, right? Remember him. Remember your creator because he remembers you. Did you know every time the Lord sees a rainbow, he doesn't think of transgender? He thinks of his covenant with us to never flood the earth and destroy the earth with water again. They've twisted and perverted God's promise. That is God's promise, his covenant with humans and animals, that he's not going to flood the earth again to destroy it. Problem is, Revelation says next time it's destroyed, it's going to be with fire. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. There's a little bit of dark humor there, but, you know, I don't know. It's not going to be flooded again, though. So praise God. But here's the good news. If you will remember him, you will never be party to God's wrath and judgment. Scripture says he's not reserved us for wrath. He'll deal with us. There's little, I believe God judges different areas of our life, but he's not going to judge the righteous with the wicked. When all of Revelation comes, people say, are we going to be out of here? Are we going to be raptured out first? We pray so, we believe so. But whatever happens, God has not called you for judgment. He's not going to destroy you with the wicked, okay? So you hang in there and you remember him. You remember God. You rely on him. You trust and believe. God always wants to be remembered, just like he remembers us and keeps his promises. He wants us to think about him. Why is that so important to humans? Because he created us in his image. You know when someone goes, hey, I thought about you today. It means something usually, doesn't it? It really does. You say, really? You're I like to text people that sometime because of the truth. Say, hey, man, I'm just thinking of you. In fact, I texted Noe that yesterday. Interesting. I probably should have prayed more for them. I'm sure in my prayer time that God covered some of that when I spoke in the prayed in tongues. But, man, it's crazy. Life is here one day and gone the next. So remember God because you like to be remembered as well. And you're remembered by him. We like to be remembered by others. Don't you forget. Rely on him. Remember him. Trust him. Whatever you do, remember him. Did you know it's remembering God when you pray before you eat? It's remembering him. Scripture says that after a while in the Old Testament that the people of Israel, they forgot. 
They forgot the ways of the Lord because they weren't remembering him anymore. But here's the charge to us is remember him while we can. Remember him. Remember him. He's important. He should be the center of your entire life. Remember him when you eat, when you pray, when you you say, well, of course I remember him when I pray. Yeah, but what I mean is when you pray, do the highest form of prayer every time you pray. And that's worshiping him. That's remembering everything that he's done for you. Everything that he's protected you from. Wow, the Turubiatas today say, wow, God protected us and rescued our lives. So have you. Many of you have walked away from wrecks as well. Many of you have gotten up off that, that operation table, and you shouldn't have made it, but here you are. So you are a miracle. You've got to remember him. That's how you tap into his strength, is remembering that everything you have, all the good in life, all the great things God has done, it was him remembering you. Someone say, remember him. Uh-huh, remember him. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, please. Look at what this says. I love this text. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Hmm. What does the next verse say? He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Let's go back to verse 3 again. We'll just leave that on the screen for a moment. I've learned that receiving comfort at the right time is one of the things I value. And it surprised me when I lost my mom in 2018. We, we lost mom. Dad lost his wife of 43 years. It surprised me and amazed me who was at the funeral. But even beyond that, there were, there were some that didn't surprise me. You just expected to see them there because they're practically part of the family or they've been part of this church for years. But I remember for months later, there was a guy. And we're not that close, but I've always loved him. We love each other. And he would text me and he'd say, how are you doing today? I'm thinking, this guy's thinking about me. I don't think he's ever lost his mom. But he's thinking about me. He'd say, how are you and your brother and sister? And I think he checked on them as well. He'd say, how are you doing today? And just that he was thinking of me, that ties into part one there, doesn't it? Point one, he remembered me. It brought me great comfort that someone was thinking about me. And there were those that would walk up to me and go, and it would surprise me, I'm telling you. Not every time, but there were those, it's hard to surprise me. <laughs> they'd catch me off guard. And they'd say, how are you doing with this? A year later, I know it's hard without your mom. I'd say, wow, how comforting. I've learned that as a pastor, my greatest job, probably, apart from preaching and teaching the word and living it, is bringing comfort to people. Now, funerals are rough, but I'm going to tell you this right now. The part of funerals that I enjoy is that I have been allowed by God himself and privileged to be there to comfort people. Say, how could you even enjoy? No, they're tough. Y'all know me. I, I'm not afraid to shed tears. I've been at funerals. I didn't know the people, but everybody weeping just got to me. I shed tears at funerals. I do. Not out of control or anything, but man, I shed tears. And, and to me, I believe that that's even scriptural when I've done that, and it brings comfort to people. Scripture says rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weep with those who are weeping. doesn't mean you force yourself to cry every time, but I mean if you feel it, you just let it go. Someone say receive his comfort. 
Say it again. Say receive his comfort. Let me read through this text again, and then we'll put that up on the screen. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of not some comfort, all comfort. Next verse. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So receive his comfort, if you would, this morning. Receive his comfort. That's you not doing it in your own strength. You say, that's for my mental and emotional well-being. Oh, yes, you must be comforted. Or you're, the, other, the other extreme is being inconsolable. You ever tried to comfort someone and they said, this is it, it's over, it's over, they wouldn't listen to you? That's being inconsolable. In that moment, they could not be consoled or comforted. The Holy Spirit comforts, He helps, He teaches, and He leads us into all truth. Speaking of this word comfort this morning, I'm always reminded once again of losing my mom. She made it to 65, but she'd had a long battle with cancer. And part of my story with grief is, and you got to remember that grief is not linear. Is everybody with me? You lost a relationship, a job, but especially someone you love, there's a grieving process. And you can look through the stages of grief. I can't even give them, give them to you in order, but I know I went through a lot of them. You have denial. You're like, this is not happening. Why? Your mind is trying to cope with what you've lost or whom you've lost. But I do remember this. I received great comfort from the Holy Spirit. Someone had given us a book about grief. And they said in the book, there will be times where you will feel basically inconsolable. There's, there's people tell you, man, they're in a better place. And you're like, I know, and I respect that, and thank you, but I want them here. And you've been there. But what gave me great comfort was the Holy Spirit. When I would offer my grief to God as a sacrifice, as an offering. Because I'd be praying and I'd say, Lord, I don't have much to say, but man, I miss her. And so what I have, I give you all my grief. I offer it to you as a prayer today. And may I see you. God sees you. I know you lost your mom, too. And there's some tears in this house. That's, that's great. You will be comforted. God is with you. And your mom went out like a champ, too. She was joyful and strong. Receive his comfort. That's how you hold on to your mental and emotional well-being. Some of you say, well, maybe I had a death in a relationship with my ex-wife or ex-husband, or I've gone through battles in my current relationship, and I've had to go through stages of grief. Of, I can't believe this is happening, and I, I'm grief-stricken, and I'm hurting, and I'm weeping, and I'm losing sleep. Receive his comfort because he remembers you, so you remember him. God remembers you, you remember him, and receive his comfort. I wanted to say that both ways. God remembers you, so it's time to remember him and receive his comfort. Let me read that verse again, 2 Corinthians 1.3. I really want to hammer this in. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So be comforted so that you can comfort others. And it's okay to cry sometimes. There's a time and place for that. This morning, some of you, man, God's moving in your heart, and you say, man, I'm hurting, I'm going through stuff. 
But I need you to remember this, that God is comforting you this morning. He's with you. He's comforting you. Okay? He is with you. He has not forgotten you. So remember him and receive his comfort. Let me read that first part of that verse again. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, real quick. Verse 3. He comforts us. I'll praise. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Let's, uh, is that, let's see, 1-3. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 1-3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. You know what? This has just inspired me. Would you raise your hand this morning if you feel you need comfort from God? Go ahead. So that inspired me. I feel led to do that. Now, if you feel, you say, man, I'm going through it. I need, I need God's comfort this morning. Let me go ahead and pray for you. The service, how many of you know the service is the right time for everything like this? Let's pray real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, you know your people. You know what they're going through. You know what they've been through. And Father, <clears throat> no one and nothing comforts like the Holy Spirit. He is the great advocate, but I call him the great comforter as well. He gives comfort because he is your presence, your essence, your aura. He is you amongst us, God. He is the way that you are able to be everywhere at once by your Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, comfort your people today in Jesus' name. Comfort the people of God. Receive the comfort of God. Now that you've remembered God, you can receive his comfort. And he's dealing with your emotional well-being. He's dealing with, some of you have said, man, I feel like I'm going crazy. I don't know. No, God is with you. You're still here. You're sane. You felt overwhelmed, but God has not forgotten you. He remembers you, so remember him and be comforted today. There's somebody in here who has lost, you feel like you've lost relationships. Maybe it's a relationship to someone very, very, very close to you. And it's affected your, your mental health. Man, it, maybe it's, it's, it's given you some depression, it's given you some worry, it's exacerbated some fear, it's created some issues there. But God says, you know what, you're mine, I know your name, I know where you live, I am with you. And he says in the word so well, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are mine. And in Jesus' name, you be comforted today. In Jesus' name, amen. Someone needs to hear this. I'm going to mess this up. <laughs> but I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the Matt version, the Matt translation of the Bible. In Isaiah, the Lord says, behold. He said, I, I was your God when you're young and I'll be your God when you're gray headed. I will carry you and rescue you and save you. I feel like I can't add anything to that. So receive his comfort today, people of God. God's hand is on you. His peace is with you. And it's his promises, not mine. I'm rehearsing it in your ears. I'm repeating it. I'm just the messenger. But these are God's promises to you and for you because he loves you. Receive his comfort, his strength today for your mental and your emotional healing and your well-being. Now, this is going to be my favorite point because it's something that I believe that most of the time I excel in with God's help, and that is practice joy. Practice joy. Let's go to Nehemiah 8.10. And I haven't always, I've had seasons, boy, where I just felt like I was barely making it, but God would remind me to practice joy. Now remember, the people of Israel were rebuilding. 
the temple and the walls and all these things, and they'd been reading the word to the people of Israel for hours outside. And some people, because they had not obeyed the law of their God, they began to weep. But here's what Nehemiah did, the man of God. He said, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. Can I get an amen for those, from those of you who love sweet drinks? Some of you are like, I'll just take the food. I'll take water, but I have some rich food. A rich food and sweet drinks, that's even better. So what comes to mind for me is either Mexican food or Southern food, right, with a nice Coca-Cola, whatever. So go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. Look at what he says. This is going somewhere. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Bet you didn't know this was in Nehemiah. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, let me talk to you about this for a moment. This is so exciting to me because this verse proves to me that joy is a decision. He said, you don't have to stay dejected and sad. He's telling them, look, don't be dejected and sad. Don't stay, don't stay that way, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I've had people tell me over the years, they said, man, I felt joy around you, and I felt strengthened. My mom used to tell me that. always touched my heart. But haven't you ever been around someone who's joyful? They're a little more joyful than you, and you felt encouraged and strengthened? I've felt that before. Got around someone, like, man, I'm going through it, and they're like, hey, man, it's going to be okay. Everything's all right. Man, we're going to make it. And you're like, oh, man, I think everything's going to be okay. You feel strengthened. Why? The joy of the Lord is your strength. This is for you today. Don't be dejected and sad. You don't have to feel sorry for yourself. God is with you. He's already done it all. You just got to receive his provision now. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to practice joy. How many of you know that practice means that you need work in an area, right? That's why we practice love. Oh, matter of fact, let's go to John 15, 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love, Jesus said. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Wow. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Do you see these faith statements right here? He says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. You say, I don't feel it. Well, you may not feel it yet, but you will if you take that by faith and say, man, Jesus' words bring joy. Why? It's truth, it's life, it's hope, it's health. Everything you need is found in the Word of God. And Jesus is the Word made flesh. And these are His words. He says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And you know, I, I will say this. We're humans. We need help sometimes. You can trust God for His joy, but if you're struggling a little bit, Drink a cup of coffee. It may just be the joy of coffee at first or the joy of Coca-Cola. But, um, you know, some people take pre-workout. and It's like 400 milligrams of caffeine. That would just make me crazy. That would just make me crazy. I just have heart palpitations. But, man, drink a little something nice. Don't overdo it, right? And you know in here I never, I never promote alcohol, so you'll never hear me promote that. I don't drink. And I don't promote alcohol, but drink something nice that's legal and moral and good for you. And you, you can slip up a little bit and drink a Coca-Cola here and there, okay? So maybe for lunch today, maybe that'll help your joy a little bit. Sis looks at me and goes, 
That's exactly right. I don't think, do I have some Coca-Cola? Yeah, I may, I may drink half a can today. I don't know. I'm going to live it up. Go out on it. Live on the edge. So walking in love even, if you look in the, these verses, walking in love brings joy. Why? Because you're not bitter. You're not holding grudges. Bitterness and grudges, they bring worry, dissatisfaction, heartache. Did you know practicing joy can even heal your body? Secular scientists have said that stress and anxiety and bitterness and fear and worry can bring sicknesses. And they have noticed, secular scientists, these are people who don't even believe in God necessarily, or they may not even be believers, and they believe and they've proved in clinical studies, the Mayo Clinic at different places, have proven in clinical studies that if you'll walk in joy, you're healthier. Say, you walk in joy, you sleep better. I'm telling you, man. And some of you I know, you go to lay down at night and you're asleep. Like you go to put your head down and you're asleep before you hit the pillow. You're like, <laughs> not everybody does that. So rejoice. That's great. I know Dad Brown and Dad Senna, that's how they, I think they fall asleep as they're aiming for the pillow. That's a gift. That is a gift. It's a superpower. I say, did you hear all that noise last night? Like, what noise? I slept, man. It was great. I slept great, you know. So practice your joy. You'll sleep better. You'll be kinder to people. Man, your joy will show that you're being made perfect. In the translation of the New Testament is being made perfect, being made mature in love. When you love people, love casts out perfect fear. And man, walking in love brings joy. There's no bitterness, fear, or depression there. And look, it's a choice. Somebody say it's a choice. I believe that. Almost done here. Number one today. Let's just put these on the screen real quick as a review. Remember him. Remember him. God asked that you remember him. That's not hard to do. When you eat, when you go to sleep, when you wake up in the morning, remember him. Do you know you being at church on a Sunday, you're remembering him, huh? You're showing up on a Wednesday, you're remembering him. Those of you on the live stream, praise God, you have remembered him today on his day. You remember him, number one. Number two, receive his comfort. These will help your mental and emotional well-being. Receive his comfort. That's number two. So remember him, receive his comfort, and then number three, Practice joy. Practice it, just like you do anything else. Some people say, well, I'm not good at smiling. Well, practice it. Start smiling. I laugh all by myself sometimes. I think of something crazy I said or something crazy someone did or whatever. I just laugh. I let it go. I'm okay. And I'm okay being at a movie theater laughing and nobody else laughs. I care not. I don't, I don't care. I'll be, the, I'll be the one listening to a message, and it's happened before. Dad was preaching or somebody else, and I'd laugh. Nobody else laughed. I didn't care. I don't care. Look at me. This is the look of someone who doesn't care. I don't care. Why? Because I need joy to survive. I've got to practice my joy. I've got to make it a habit. It gives me hope. And Jesus said, remember. He said, remember, obey my commandments, and I've told you all these things. Walk in my love. And he says, man, your joy will overflow. Let's go to John 15, 11 again. Let's just, let's just practice our joy by reading through this, and I will wrap it up. Mm, let's go to 10. Sorry. The remaining is love. What's the next one there? I've told you these things so that you will be filled, thank you, with my joy. Filled with my joy. 
I've told you these things so that you, he wants you to walk in love so you'll be filled with his joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. At another point, Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you so that your joy may be full. I don't know about you, but I have great joy when prayers are answered. Say, man, I prayed according to God's will and that happened. I'm going to close with this. This gave me great joy. We're nuts. We're a little nutty because we traveled with a puppy all the way to North Carolina and back. Those of you who follow Pastor Jen on Instagram, she's like, y'all may think I'm crazy. Here I go. She had him in a backpack. Little puppy. Looks like a bear. It's crazy, man. We, but we said, man, we've done crazier stuff. Let's do it. We didn't want to lose out on the training we'd already given him for the previous 10 days, so we took him with us. Jen's like, I don't want to miss the whole puppy stage. I'm like, this is crazy. But here we go. Once we got to the airport, I was fine. Up to that point, I thought, I don't know how we're going to do this. Well, we're traveling with him. Coming back. A little, little golden doodle, little puppy. He looks like a living, moving, stuffed bear of some kind. He's, he's a very interesting little creature. He's cute. He's given us a lot of laughter and joy. But we're coming back, and all of a sudden, they bumped our flight. They said, there's been a delay, so your flight's going to leave an hour later out of Houston. And I said, well. And it was amazing. I felt faith come over me. And I've seen it happen once before. And Jen looks at me, and I said, I said, baby, uh-uh. They're going to move the flight back to where it was. She goes, they do that? I've never seen I go, I think it happened this summer on one of my flights. I don't know if I went to a funeral or to the wilderness. But they had delayed a flight and then moved it back. They got another airplane to replace it. So let's just believe. She's like, okay. I said, in Jesus' name, man, we're going to, that flight, it was moved from 801 to 9-something. We're going to get home extra late. No, they're going to move it back in Jesus' name. I left it alone. I didn't think about it. Before we land, she goes, is that a glitch? That looks like our flight has been moved back to where it was. I said, praise God. Praise God. I believe I prayed in his will, and he answered my prayer. I do believe that. I don't believe it's an accident, and it gave me great joy. I said, man, God hears his people, even the simplest of details. He cares. He cares because he's thinking about you. So you keep thinking about him, remembering him, receive his comfort, and practice joy. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. God is with you, people of God. Be encouraged today. Is there anyone today at the sound of my voice on the live stream or in this house that would say, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life. If I died today without him, I don't know where I'd be. I may go to hell without him. If you've never accepted or confessed Jesus in public, would you raise your hand today and I'm going to pray with you. I want you to be right with God. That is one of my most important roles as a minister of the gospel. It's to make sure that you're right with God. I live it, I move in it, and I breathe it. Every day is, are your people right with you, God? Are they right with you? This is what we call the ministry of reconciliation, and you have it too. It's to help people be right with God. So if there's anyone in this house who says, I've never accepted Jesus, would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. And it looks like the whole house has accepted Jesus. So everyone raise your hands toward heaven, and we're going to pray for the live stream or anyone else that would hear this on YouTube or Facebook Live. Say, Heavenly Father, apart from you, I'm a sinner. Say, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me. I recognize that I need you. I can't do it without you. I can't do it in my own strength. I need your strength. Please forgive me. And cleanse me. And say, I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. 
Say, I confess Jesus as my Lord. Say, Satan is not my Lord. The world is not my Lord. Say, you are my Lord, Jesus. And I believe. Say, I'm healed, saved, delivered, and on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let me pray for you real quick before we take up our offering. Father, I thank you for your people. Thank you for the hands raised. Thank you for their lives. I thank you that they received your word well today. And I thank you that you're doing something in us beginning with January 1st. Something new beyond a New Year's resolution. Just a few days after people make a New Year's resolution, many people flounder and don't stay with it, Lord. But this is a commitment and it is for our walk with you and our well-being emotionally and mentally, and that is to put you first. We know you'll take care of us if we'll put you first. We thank you, Father. We know that there's going to be trouble in life, but you're going to take care of us because Jesus has overcome the world. Thank you, Father, for being with your people. No matter what the situation, we'll always get up and walk on, and you will bless and protect and guide us and move before us to open gates and shut gates and to protect us. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.